Amen. Thank you, guys. Can we give thanks to God for our worship team this morning? We are so blessed to have not just talented musicians, but, but gifted, passionate worship leaders. And they have led us well this morning, I think. So thank you guys for doing that. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, we're, we're finishing up this conversation that we've been having over the last few weeks. We've called this series, Thanks Be to God, because... It's, it's about that simple phrase, the power of that simple phrase, thanks be to God, how it's, it's, it's really a, an affirmation of faith. It's an act of worship for us to say thanks be to God. And, and in, in, in saying those words, in speaking those words, we're really uh, experiencing the power of, of God in our lives, that that, that phrase uh, has the power to transform us. And, and those around us. We, we've talked about how, how giving thanks to God has the power to transform even our grief into gratitude. We've talked about how that phrase, giving thanks to God, has the power to transform service into significance. And so uh, today, as we, as we close this series, we finish this conversation, and as we move into Thanksgiving this week, uh, I thought it would be important for us to talk about how that phrase, thanks be to God, has the power to transform our giving into generosity. Uh, did you know there's a difference between giving and generosity? You can, you can be a, a very giving person and not be a very generous person. Um, and the reason for that is like we've talked about on a number of occasions, sort of the, the heart of the matter uh, is is the matter of the heart. It has to do with with our motivation, and there are a lot of different. Uh, one, there are a lot of different kinds of giving. We talked about that before too. But there there are a lot of different motivations for giving as well. And so this morning, what I wanted to do was just explore a few of those. Uh, in my opinion, there are three main motivations uh, for giving that that I feel like I can speak to from personal experience because they've motivated me and my giving in various different ways over the years. And as Abby and I have grown together and as we have grown our family, they've motivated us in our journey of giving. And, and it definitely has been a journey. And so uh, this morning, what I wanted to talk about and share with you were just a few things that I feel like we've learned along the way that, that might resonate with you or, or might help you as you think about your journey for giving. Uh, so for me and for us, there, uh, as I've thought about it, reflected about it, and prayed about it this week, uh, I've kind of identified three main motivations for giving, and you'll be really surprised to know that they all start with the letter O, <laughs> just to help you remember them a little bit. So, um, so here they are. The first one is observation. Uh, think about that for just a minute. How many of us have given uh, solely and completely out of observation before? We see a need, and we meet a need, or we see a worthy cause, and we give to it, Right? Uh, now, there's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with giving out of observation. In fact, there's a whole lot that's right about seeing a need and meeting a need or seeing a worthy cause and, and giving to a worthy cause. And we have personally, we, we've given uh, based on observation before too. So I'm not saying that's a, that's a bad thing. I'm just saying uh, one of the things that we've learned along the way is that giving solely and completely and totally based on observation 
can be problematic because sometimes it's, it's incredibly overwhelming. Uh, does that make sense? Uh, the reason why, I think, is because there, there's no end to all the, the pain and suffering and the needs that we see around us in our community and in our world every day. And so it, it can be really easy if we're just focusing on what we can see. It's really easy for us to start to feel like our giving, uh, whether it be time or money or resources, it, uh, that it's, it's not really even making a dent in the problems that we see around us. Uh, we wonder if our giving really even matters because our focus becomes on the, the results, right? If, if giving doesn't get the results that we thought it would or, or things don't happen the way or in the time that we think they should, then it's easy for us to say to ourselves or maybe to those around us, well, what's the point, right? Anybody ever been there before? Anybody ever said that? What, what good does it do or where is this really Where's it really going? It's so easy for us to fall into discouragement and despair, even, even discontent, if our, our giving is totally based on observation. And many times, if we can't see it, then we either we stop doing it or we still do it, but, but our heart's not really in it. Uh, but that brings me to the next motivation. A lot of times when that happens, the pendulum sort of swings to the other side of the spectrum, where if we still choose to give, then we're not giving out of observation anymore. We, we start giving solely out of obligation. How many of us, that's the second O this morning, obligation. How many of us have given, you don't have to raise your hand. How many of us have given before, but, but it's totally out of obligation? We, we, we do it because we think that's what we're supposed to do. Or, or we, we do it because everybody else is doing it. Or because the preacher says you need to do it. And, and so we do. We give totally out of obligation. Uh, here's what we've learned about this one. And there, there have been times where we've given out of obligation. Uh, but one of the things we've learned along the way, the problem with giving completely out of obligation is if, if giving out of observation is overwhelming, giving out of obligation can become really underwhelming, right? Uh, now, again, it's not a bad thing doing what's right even when we don't feel like it. That's honorable and, and faithful. But, but the truth of the matter is when there's, there's no passion, there's no purpose, there's no sense that what I'm doing is making a difference either in the lives of those around me or in my own life, then it, if we're not careful, it's really easy for us to become cynical and, and skeptical. When that happens, we start to say or think things like, well, you know, it, 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 it's my money or my time, it's my business, or, or all the church ever does is, is ask for money, right? Nobody's ever said that before, right? No, we've, we've never said that before. There are seasons where maybe we've gone through that in our own lives, and so we can, we can attest to that. Um, but that's what can happen when we give solely and completely out of obligation. So, so this morning, what I want to do is I want us to think about uh, maybe there's a third way. Maybe there's, there's a, a third option that, that, that's a better way that maybe goes above and beyond simply giving out of observation and simply giving out of obligation. What if there's a way that actually brings together the best of both those to create something new altogether? Well, here's what I want to share with you this morning. This is the good news that I want to share. I believe that there is a third way. It's not just observation. It's not just 
obligation. It's this word that we find in the Bible called obedience. And it starts with O too. <laughs> obedience. Giving as obedience to God. I want to talk about that for just a few minutes this morning. And before I unpack that word and what it might mean to us in, in our giving and, and, what it, and how it relates to giving thanks to God is I want to talk about that word for just a minute because sometimes that word obedience can be misunderstood. And I, when I say obedience, I don't mean uh, this blind submission or, or mindless, heartless going through the motions. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. What I mean when I say obedience is, is this. It's, it's trusting in the authority of one that is greater than me and aligning myself with the character and the command of that authority. I'm not talking about the kind of obedience that's the result of fear or manipulation. Uh, when I say obedience, I'm talking about the kind of joyful obedience that, that you give someone when you know that they have knowledge or ability that you don't have, and, and, and they're using that knowledge or ability for, for your good. Does that make sense? Let me give you a couple of examples that I think aren't exactly like this, but they kind of point to what I'm talking about. Uh, think about when uh, maybe you found this in, in your life or maybe at work, when, when your computer isn't working, right? When, when you've reached the end of your rope and it's not responding and, and someone, you talk to somebody from IT and, and they tell you exactly what to do to make it work again, step by step, and you're willing to follow that, right? Uh, that, that's kind of what I'm talking about. You're trusting and entrusting uh, this important resource to their experience and expertise, uh, here's another example. Maybe you've experienced this. When, when we take our kids to the doctor and they give us specific instructions that are going to help restore the health of, of our child, we take down notes and we write it down and we're willing to follow those instructions because we're trusting and entrusting this precious treasure that we have to their experience and expertise. Uh, when, we, when we follow the steps that a counselor offers us to help restore uh, the brokenness in our lives or, or maybe in our marriage, or, or when we follow the steps that, that have been proven to, to break the chains of addiction or uh, to, to, to set us free from whatever it is that's, that's holding us, we're, we're, in those particular situations, we're joyfully, although maybe fearfully or apprehensively, choosing to trust and entrust something of ourselves to something or someone outside of ourselves. In a sense, I think all these things point to this idea of, of joyful obedience. An obedience that's firmly rooted in the belief that this person or process is able to do something through my obedience that I could not do on my own. It's, it's an obedience that, that leads to blessing, the hope of blessing. That's the kind of obedience that I believe the Bible teaches us because that's the kind of obedience that God desires for each one of us. That's the kind of obedience that, that bears fruit for God's kingdom. It's the kind of obedience that points to the gospel. In, in the book of Philippians, Paul describes it like this. When he talks about who Jesus is, he says, though he was in very nature God, he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, being made in human likeness. He, he, he took on the very nature of a servant and became obedient 
obedient to death, even death on the cross. And therefore God exalts him to the highest place and gave him the name above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's this beautiful picture of the gospel of of obedience that leads to blessing that Christ did that for us, that he gave everything for us so that we might have life, life abundant, Life eternal, life together in him. It's the good news of God's grace that's ours. That's that's the kind of obedience that that we're called to. The kind of obedience that, that transforms our giving into generosity because it's it's a gratefulness to God and who God is and what God has done for us. We give. Because God says to give. And again, I'm, I'm talking a lot about financial giving today. It doesn't just apply to that. But that's one of the main areas where we learn this lesson. We give because God says to give. Because we believe that we trust in the, in the character, in the command of God enough to know that if God says to give, whatever God says to give, then it's somehow for our good. And not just our good, but for the good of those around us. That somehow God's going to use our giving to bless others in a way that we could never do so ourselves. And somehow we're blessed in the process in a way that's beyond anything we could ever hope for or imagine. That's what God's word teaches us. We we can't always see it, but, but we can believe it. We can trust it because that's what faith is all about. Faith is something that goes above and beyond observation. Faith is something that goes above and beyond obligation. And yet it brings those things together in this beautiful way. It's about this special kind of obedience that's hopeful and joyful and peaceful and and loving. Through faith, we get to see how our generous God is shaping us and molding us into generous people, people that reflect the character of the one who created us, who the one who in obedience to God gave everything for us, became obedient to death, even death on a cross, so that we might have life, life abundant and life eternal. We learn, when we learn that kind of generosity, that kind of gratitude to God, then then the point of our giving becomes less about the results, and more about the relationship, the relationship that's being formed uh, with God and with others by trusting and entrusting to God our most precious resources and allowing God to do a good work both in us and through us. As God continues to stretch us and grow us into generous people in, in every area of our lives, in all matters of life, because we've entrusted what matters most to God, because we believe that there is an obedience that leads to blessing. Does that make sense? It's why God's word says this. I want to read this passage of scripture for you today. This is, this is God's word for us today, and I think it encapsulates all that we've, we've talked about this morning. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 11 says this. Remember, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously 
will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it's written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower, bread for food, will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in what? Thanksgiving to God. Joyful obedience that leads to blessing. This is the closest motivation that I can find to the biblical understanding of stewardship. Now, stewardship is kind of one of those fancy words that we use in in church sometimes that we don't always use anywhere else. And so sometimes it's kind of hard to understand or explain. but, But basically, stewardship just means to take care of something that's that's not yours, right? Uh, to be a good steward means to handle with care something that's been entrusted to you by someone else. And stewardship is, is something that's vital to, to who we are as, as believers and as the body of Christ, the church. And yet, it's something that we often kind of shy away from in the church. Uh, preachers don't like to talk about it because they know that congregations don't like to hear about it. <laughs> And so we don't talk about it too much. But, but my hope for today is that we would see how, how important it is to us, not, not just for, for the church, but for us as, as, as believers. Uh, we talk, when we talk about the vision of our church at Fellowship, we talk about these four ships. We talk about relationship, ownership, partnership, and worship, those things that sort of form the foundation of who we are. But this morning, what I want to tell you is there's this fifth ship that, that we don't talk about as much, but it's sort of, uh, it's at the heart of all these other ships, and it's, it's stewardship. And so, I think it's important for us to talk about together and see the blessing of it together. Uh, but, but I don't know what your experience was like, uh, but for me, growing up in the church, we, we didn't talk about stewardship very much. Uh, the way, it, it was more... It was more caught than taught. Uh, I, I learned about it by watching uh, the people around me and, and, and their generosity. Uh, I always remember as a little boy growing up, my parents and my grandparents would always uh, put money in that shiny silvery offering plate that it would be passed around the church that I grew up in. And I remember as a little boy, I always wanted to put my dollar in too. And, and I was so proud of the contribution that I had made, even though I had to ask my dad to borrow a dollar so that I could put it in to the offering plate. Uh, but I felt like I was a part of something bigger than myself. And, and I remember it being, making a big impact on me. But I also don't remember really fully understanding the idea of stewardship about something being entrusted to me and me entrusting something to God until much later in life. Uh, one of the first times was really I think when I was in college, I got my, my first job at the church. It was an internship at the church, and it wasn't a whole lot of money, but, but I'll tell you this. Uh, 
every time I made a purchase after that, uh, I pictured the members of my church putting their money in, in those shiny silver offering plates. And to be real honest with you, as a college student, there were uh, some things that I didn't buy because I started to view my money as not my money. It wasn't mine anymore. I was starting to view it through the lens of stewardship. And so I think that's one of the reasons why God asks us all, why the Bible talks about the importance of this idea of, of tithing. Uh, that's another one of those fancy words that we don't talk about much. Uh, but, but the word tithe literally means tenth because in the Bible it talks about giving a tenth uh, to the Lord. And, and one of the reasons why I think God asks us to give a tenth of what we earn is to remind us that it's not ours, it's His, that it, it comes from Him, and we're simply giving it back to God. Now, we might say, well, I made that money with my own hands, but, but who made those hands, right? God is the giver of all good things, including the life that we have and our ability to, to, to make money. Another reason why I think God asks us uh, to give is to remind us that, that we might have things, but things don't have us. Uh, that, that God wants us to live a life of generosity because it's a life that, that holds loosely to, to things and, and, and even uh, results and, and putting priority on relationships. We, we need to be reminded that our lives are so much more than the things that we have and that we can live abundantly and still live generously. That's why uh, technically a tithe uh, is the first tenth of our income. Now, I remember learning this, hearing a, a sermon early on in our, our marriage. I uh, heard a preacher talk about that he and his family gave a tenth to the church. That was their first 10%. And then they put 10% in retirement and then they lived off the other 80%. And that impacted us so much that that we decided to, to try to incorporate that practice into our lives as well. And, and I know not everybody's in the same situation and not everybody can do that, but I'm just saying for us, uh, as we began to live into that, what we started to realize is that uh, we, we didn't really miss that 10%. That doesn't mean that money was never tight. It doesn't mean that we weren't never stressed or never struggled. Uh, but what we learned is that if we had waited to, to put that aside at the end of the month, that 10%, we probably would have found plenty of other things to spend it on. Uh, and so uh, and maybe that's a part of why it's the first. But what we realized as well is that we've always had everything we needed, even if it came from unexpected gifts or blessings from unexpected places. And, and often it was the generosity of, of the church, of the, the body that that blessed us in unexpected ways. Just at just the right time, there might be a, a gift certificate for dinner that showed up in the mailbox or a, a student that offered to babysit our kids. Um, and the lesson that we learned from that about giving is that giving is not just something that, that I do alone. It's something that, that we do together. Uh, God calls the community of faith to be generous. God calls us to give to help us often meet each other's needs and the needs of those around us. And in doing so, that's how God is glorified, both in our lives and our life together and in and through our giving. Uh, that's the power of, of joyful obedience in the body of Christ. It's, it's the difference between giving and generosity. 
Because it's a way for us to say together what we've been saying. Thanks be to God for one another and for those around us. So that, that's just a, a little snippet into our journey. I wanted to share some of that with you this morning, not to say, hey, look at what we do, but to say, this is not something that I'm just saying you need to do, that this is something that we try to practice in our lives. Uh, we give because God's word teaches us to give, and we don't do it solely out of observation. We don't do it solely out of obligation. We do it out of a desire to practice obedience because we believe that it's an opportunity for us to put our faith in action because we believe that obedience leads to blessing. We believe that we have faith that through giving, we'll see God's hand working in and through us to make a difference in the world around us. Because again, it's not something that God wants from us. It's something that God wants for us. And I truly believe that. And I hope that you do too. So this morning as, as, as we close, I just want to, uh, to ask you to think about that a little bit and, and maybe answer this question. What's your motivation for giving? Is it observation or obligation? Or is it obedience? Or maybe let me ask it a different way. Has your giving been the equivalent of, of a big tip? Is it the result of a, a, a guilt trip? Or is it an expression of stewardship? Is it, is it a way for us to trust and entrust to God everything, including the results, because we know that what's most important isn't results, it's relationships. I believe that if we truly started to see giving in that way as, as stewardship, then we would become more cheerful givers. Again, not, not just financially, but in every area of our lives that we're called to give outside of ourselves, to be a part of, of something bigger than ourselves. I believe when we start to see generosity in that way, then our giving becomes an affirmation of faith. It becomes an act of worship that results in thanksgiving. And I don't feel like it's my place uh, to tell you how to give, how to be generous, but I do feel like it's my responsibility to tell you what, what God's word says and to ask you to pray about what that means for your life. Remember, uh, everything starts with prayer because everything starts right here in our hearts and in our minds. So as we move into this season of thanksgiving, let's give thanks for all that God has given us. Let's also consider how our giving, our generosity, might be an affirmation of faith. It might be an act of worship uh, that points to who God is and what God has done in our lives so that the world around us might be able to see it. That, that it might be a, a genuine way for us to say, not just here, but everywhere, thanks be to God. Amen? Let's pray together. God, we do thank you for your presence and your provision in our lives and in our life together. Lord, we are thankful that, that by your grace, Lord, you have given us everything that we need for life and life abundant, for life and life eternal, for life together. 
in and through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, help us today to have grateful hearts so that we might give of ourselves in, in genuine ways, uh, in the ways that you called us to with the people that you called us to, that, that it might be an act of faith, Lord, and an act of worship in our lives and in our life together. God, we thank you above all things for your son, Jesus Christ, who gave everything for us, who became obedient to death, even death on the cross, and the blessing that's come from it. Lord, help us to live lives of obedience and generosity so that others might be blessed through us and that we might receive the blessing of that. God, I pray for each person that's here. I pray for each family that's here, Lord. I pray for all the traveling and all the uh, experiences that we're gonna have this week. And Lord, I just pray that your grace would abound in those places, that you would help us to be examples of generosity in the places and the people that you call us and that your spirit might move powerfully in and through us. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we offer all this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, we're going to sing one more song together, and as we do, the altars are going to be open. If you'd like to come and pray, if you want somebody to pray with you, I'd love to pray with you. Uh, but let's use these last few minutes to respond uh, to God and to say thanks be to God uh, by lifting our voices in worship. Would you stand as we sing?